1: Welcome back to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. I'm Coach Larry with me is always my co-host Matt Keo. Matt, do you know what this episode is? No. This is the 1 year anniversary. July 12th, July 12th, the 52nd episode. There are 52 weeks in a year, unless, I don't know, they've added a week. So this is our one-year anniversary. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy. Listen, one year ago today, I wasn't even sure if I wanted to do this. I thought it was like... I, this is going to be awful. This is going to be... It's going to be fun, but I don't know... I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I remember you approached me about it while I,
0: I was at camp.
1: <laughs> I literally think I, I asked you... You, Dan, and Connor were uh, the first guests on this show... Um I literally think I asked you guys what, like the day of? Or like
0: the day before or
1: something, yeah. Maybe the day before where it's was like, uh, you guys want to come out on a podcast? What's it going to be on? Uh, we're just going to share stories about sports and, and coaching. Uh, and- weird.
0: Uh, I was like bringing my kids to the pool and you're like, can you, can you do this? I was like, are we on a podcast or are we making a podcast? You're like, you,
1: you, you, kind of both. <laughs> there was like no plan. There yeah. was, I, I absolutely I, no plan. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I like a lot of stuff that I plan. It's all in my head. And when anybody we asked, wing it, yeah. When anybody asks, well, what is it? Well, like, just follow my lead. Just it, it, it'll be fine. We'll have fun. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> and you know, hey, a year later. And we're still doing it. I think still having fun, too. We're still talking to the brick wall. Still talking to the brick wall and the camera that sees all. That camera's I've seen a lot of stuff. <laughs> in this room. All right. So um, I'm coming in hot today, and I know you went on vacation for the last, were you gone 10 days? Seven-day cruise? Uh, I was gone for like Nine days, like nine, ten days. I know, uh, Vic, Vicky and I, my wife and I, were gone ten, ten days. Um, vacations.
0: We're international.
1: We're international. I'm loving it. I know. I had the trip of like probably my best vacation I've ever been on. Trip of a lifetime, bucket list trip. Went to Italy. We did ten days. We did um, Rome, Milan. Florence, Cinque Terre. We had a day trip in uh Pisa. Did you see the Leaning Tower? Did see the Leaning Tower. We had to do the obligatory pick of me holding up the tower oh, and, gosh. and Vicky pushing over the tower, of course. You know, we did the touristy stuff. Uh we did the Vatican. Um Ooh. it was it was a lot of walking, a lot, but it was just one of those where you're too excited or you're just enjoying it too much. You're in the moment too much to realize that. In fact, I was looking at my my phone the other day. That whole trip, we averaged anywhere from 9 to like 12 miles a day yeah. of walking. Cause, and that's what I loved about um, Italy and a lot of places in Europe. You walk everywhere. Like it was just us walking to a subway station, going to here, walking like five miles a day, walking to grab a bite to eat, walking back to our hotel, walking to grab another bite to eat. There was, we took one taxi cab there because getting off the, um, I think it was getting to Florence from the train station to our hotel. um, We were a little too, we couldn't get to the metro or whatever. We had to take a a train station. It wasn't that bad. Uh, A taxi cab, sorry. Like a 15-minute taxi cab ride. But other than that, we walked or took subways or trains the entire time. Um, it was fantastic. I think I dropped, uh, like five pounds on the entire trip. What was the weather like? The weather was, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating this. We were there 10 days. The lowest it got was 95 degrees and it was sun. Like there was no, you know, sometimes you get a little overcast or something. There was nothing like it was (laughs) beating down like hardcore, um, Oh, we also went to Cinque Terre, and I loved that place. Like, fantastic! But it was, and it got up to I think it was ninety nine or a hundred was the highest we got there, and it was just awesome. It was, it was one day on the hottest day that we were there. In fact, in Cinque Terre, um, it's it's called Cinque Terre. It's like five lands. Basically, there's five. It's it's uh there's five little lands around the area that you can go to. Um, we stayed in Monarola, Um. You can either walk, or you can do subways to the different to different lands, not islands. They're all connected. Um, so we decided. The one time we were, we took a subway over to uh, Corniglia, one of the the islands, or not islands, one of the ter- uh, the lands, and we saw a sign where it was on the sign. It said one point three kilometers from Corniglia to Vernaza, the next land, one point three kilometers, not. Bad, you know, that's less than a mile. I think like point eight miles, point nine miles, whatever it is. Five miles later, we're still walking. Like, I don't know who the hell put the one point three kilometer sign to Vernaza. It was not one point three kilometers. And it's not like it was walking like one point three kilometers, like just or five miles, what it turned out to be like in a like down a street. Yeah. It was Did you ever go up to, like, Lake Placid or, or like, it was literally like a trail like that where you're climbing up, you're climbing down, you're, and (laughs) here's the best part. I thankfully had my sneakers. I wore my sneakers that day. My wife wore her Birkenstocks. And I thought her feet were going to be killing her. She's, like, she's the biggest spokeswoman now for Birkenstocks. She's like, my feet feel fine. Like, every couple, like, every maybe 20, 30 minutes on the walk, it took us about, I think, an hour and a half, two hours, maybe two and a half hours to to do the walk, and it's a rocky terrain the almost the entire time. And I'm looking like Vicki, are your feet like? Do you want to go back? Or your feet are? She's like, no, my feet feel fine. My feet feel fine. Like I thought she was going to be dead. Her feet felt amazing in Birkenstocks. So Birkenstocks, if you're listening out there, whoever's running, you know, if you want to, you know, throw a brother a free pair here. I've but, never owned a pair of I've never owned a pair of Birkenstocks either. Thankfully, I kept my Crocs at home because I don't think my Crocs would have would have held up no. in that terrain. But um, no, it was outstanding. Like I love the trip. Um, I, I are I you still suffering asked. from jet lag? No, the only I we got jet. I didn't really get jet lagged on the way there. On the way home, and <laughs> it was funny. The next day. Um, we had I had to meet with uh my A D, uh Jamie, Dan at Kenmore cause we had um we had a meeting for at nine nine thirty in the morning for our scheduling for to schedule practices, um, look over all that time. It was a quick meeting. It was nine thirty in the morning. We didn't get in from Toronto. We flew out of Toronto. We didn't drive or get back home until eight th- no. We got home at like nine thirty. The night before, I was a little late to the meeting. I think I got there like 9.45. I It was one of those things where I set my alarm like, all right, let me wake up at like 8.30. I'll get a good night's sleep. I think by the time we unpacked, by the time we got home, I maybe fell asleep at like, I don't know, midnight. Apparently, I slept through my alarm a little bit because I did one of those things. but Like, wait, what time is it? Oh, sh-. it's 9 o'clock. So literally just... And I, it was one of those meetings where I had rocked the sunglasses the entire time. In fact, I, like at one of the before I got there, I left the house. I texted Jamie and Dan, going to be a few minutes late. Jet lag sucks. And it was a you know whatever the meeting. Everybody laughed. Um, they understood. But yeah, I, after that, I got home and I think I slept the rest of the day. Like did not yeah. get out of bed. Um, not a fan of jet lag, but, uh, no, I loved my trip. Um, I've, I'm not a big camera person either. I'm not like a big, you know, take, right. I took, I think like well over, well over five, six, seven hundred picks. Oh wow. Like I was just snapping. I'm a sucker for like, um, architecture and stuff. Yeah. And especially when we were, we, we went up the basilicas, we went on, um, Spanish stairs, we went in the domos. Um, in Pisa, like, I was just a sucker for the air cartel. Like, I'm snapping, 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 like, just all over the place. Um, so I loved it. Now, you you went to, tell us about your trip. A cruise, a little cruise there? Yeah, I took a little
0: cruise to, uh, the s- central-ish area of America. Central-ish? Central-ish. Slightly, slightly off central. Slightly off. The I think it's, like, the, the Yucatan Peninsula area. Okay. Um, Went to Roatan. Went ziplining through a jungle. It was
1: pretty gnarly. Now, was that your first time on a zipline? Yeah. What'd you think? I've got. Did you really? Yeah. I've got mixed feelings on ziplines. Why? I think they're fun, but after a while, you're just like, okay, let's get down. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, (laughs) we did like ten lines, and it was, um, you know, kind of repetitive. But, like, you were going fast. And the only thing I was focused on was, like, I couldn't pay attention because I was so focused on breaking myself.
1: What do you mean breaking yourself?
0: So the way that we did it is that you hold on with, like, your non-dominant hand, and then your dominant hand is your break.
1: Oh, so you were breaking yourself. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Ah. So, like, our hand was on the bottom cable, and when we got closer, we had to pull down onto the cable to slow ourselves down.
1: Did you ever have, like, a little bit of a misfire or have to do a uh, quick break? Oh, 100%.
0: I would come (laughs) in gunning it, too. And, like, I don't think the guys who were helping us really appreciated it. But we were talking, the the lady on our bus was telling us that all the houses in Roatan, basically, who have, like, great property value and great, like, views and stuff are, like, owned by tourists who buy the property and, build there and then come back where they like rent it out. And she was like, but it's super expensive. So we were like, how much are you talking about? She like showed us this house, very nice house, with a full clear view over a cliff to the ocean. She was like, that's about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Like, what? I was, I was like, Oh, that's so much money.
1: <laughs> like, listen, I'll throw in fifty right now. Let's go.
0: I not know. Like I, I just just the, the thought of like First, the, the, their thought of the concept of their m- money and how much things are worth, and it's just like, I could build a house here, build it, <laughs> with a view of the ocean for $250,000, and a house that I actually would have to like do stuff with and actually repair it within the States is like $800,000
1: nowadays. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I'll I'll move to Roatan. Well, that's the one thing Vicky and I were doing, and this is how you know, much. I loved it. I'm after about five or six days in the trip, I'm like, all right, let's, uh, let's just, let's look at how much prices are here, how much. And and we went to Lake Cuomo for one of our trips. Um, and I'm like, all right, I got Prices here i have got to be ridiculous. You know, when I see like the million dollar, the 2 million to $5 million dollar price tags, yeah. that'll kind of snap me back to reality. But no, there were houses there for like 250. We found one for 180. I'm like, what the hell? I like, know. Like I know. Like, seriously, it. we talked about it for probably a good day, but, like, you know what? If we sell our place, we can, like, move. We can, like, go legit to Lake Cuomo. And maybe it's just because it's one of those things where you're on vacation where everything seems, like, way better just wherever you're on right. vacation because you're there. But, man. But, like, yeah. Like, we... <laughs> jokingly,
0: we're just like, oh, yeah, that's a lot of money. (laughs) But, you know, I didn't have the heart to tell her that there's houses out here that are like four bedroom. It's like a million dollars, really. Oh, yeah. And and that's not as good as this house.
1: I was going to say here, like back in the 1980s and even early 90s, if you were paying like 250, 300,000 for a house, that was like a lot. Uh That's cheap now. Now you're talking like that's considered, I guess, like a starter home. Yeah. Like a starter home. Like if you're getting like a one or two bedroom house for like, you know, maybe a young couple or somebody who's who's downsizing. Yeah. You know?
0: No, this is like build it. Build it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyways, so we did that. So that was cool. Um Went to Mayan ruins and saw that. It was, you want to talk about hot. It was probably like 90 degrees, 100 degrees humidity feel. Or like at least 100. Like I was drenched in sweat every day.
1: Oh, yeah. that's every That day. was us too. The humidity wasn't, I didn't think it was awful, but there were times where even, <laughs> there were times where we would just walk around. We'd have a dinner. We went back to the hotel, not necessarily because we were tired, but we're like, okay. I got to take a shower first because I can't go to a restaurant like just dripped in oh, yeah. sweat. Oh, yeah. So we'd go, you know, back to our hotel and then find like a little, you know, restaurant nearby just so that we're not, like, you know, drenched. soaked, yeah. But we did
0: a lot of walking as well. What else did I do? I uh, did the mine ruins. I went ziplining. I went dune bugging through the streets of Mexico, of one area. Um, And I went to, like, a small fishing village in Belize, just hung out, and I was sitting there, and just a natural, just wild iguana, just those four feet long, just, like, showed up next to me.
1: That's cool. Did he, like... like Scared me. Like, pop on you or anything, or just... Well, no, he was just walking right next to, like... (laughs) He's like, what's up?
0: yeah. Like, and, like, the guy was so unfazed. He was like, he was like yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> basically, they're, like, deer.
1: I was going to say, them. that's, like, their deer, probably. Yeah.
0: And it, it was crazy. We did that. I had some beer made in Belize. Ooh, a little homemade beer? Homemade beer.
1: Was uh, any good? Was it kind of like a
0: like a uh, micro-brew here, basically? Yeah, kind of. It was like a Coors Light to me. Okay. Um That was cool. Maybe that's where they make Coors Light. Could be, could be. Um, Steve tried some mild hot sauce that was on the table at this one restaurant, and we knew for a fact that it was going to be good because I was looking at the bartender when Steve was like dabbing it out on his finger, and like because like the bartender was like really like wanting him to do it. Steve puts it on his tongue and instantly starts coughing. And this was mild. That's what Steve said. He's like, "This is what you call mild." And the guy just starts dying laughing. Love it. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was like a habanero based one.
1: Okay. Oh, so you know? Listen, nothing that's habanero based is mild. It wasn't terrible. That's. I love habanero. In fact, I'm growing some in my backyard. I right. love habanero. Like, if you do, but it, they're. But they're a spice. I mean, you can dull down the heat, obviously, but they're a. But the, it wasn't mild. No. No. No, not at all. No, that's now now when you go on vacation, whether it was this vacation or, or other vacations, when you're going out to eat and stuff, do you like doing like the touristy restaurants or do you like finding like like what the uh what the people um from there eat? Like what the locals eat? Like are you more of like, let me go off the beaten path here? Like you're asking uh the hotel people, hey, where do you guys eat? Like I don't want to eat where the tourists eat. Like where where do you guys eat? Um, I mean, we try not to
0: eat when we're off somewhere just to save money. Um,
1: oh, true, because of cruise, yeah, you get the all-inclusive.
0: Yeah, but um, when we went dune bugging, the guy that we did it with had, like, some connection with, like, an area that was not touristy at all. So I had authentic Mexican tacos. Like, Ooh, that's cool. That was really cool. It was, like, made in, like, a shack.
1: Like nice. Yeah. Were they were they good?
0: Oh yeah. Like the like you bit into it and everything just like melted into your mouth. Really? Yeah. That was pretty sick.
1: Was it like uh
0: beef, yep. steak? It was it was beef and beef and peppers with some rice and homemade guacamole.
1: Oh that's that's awesome. Right.
0: Yeah. And you know, I said gracias, but I wasn't trying to be like a di- <laughs> like I wasn't trying to be like a douche about it. Like I genuinely said it and I was like, "Oh, dang." Um we got that and then um when we went to Belize, the place we went to when we p- p- docked at Belize was the private island owned by the cruise line that was worked by Belize citizens. But it was still owned by the cruise line. But we took a ferry off that island to the mainland, and we just walked around, and we found just, like, this other kind of just bar. And that's where we set up shop. That's
1: where I got, like, the homemade beer. See, that's why anytime we go on vacation, I I don't want to do – I don't want to eat at places that I can eat at home. Right. Like, there was, like, a
0: Margaritaville. I wasn't going to eat at Margaritaville. Exactly.
1: I want to eat where, like, the locals eat. And this isn't even international. Like, even um, – Wherever, even in the states, wherever we go, I want to go off the beaten path. Like I want to go to the places that, like, only you won't the locals know. To Denny's, know. If yeah, you're, like, in California. exactly. Whatever, I'll get a, I'll get a grand slam here. Yeah, I'll, mean, get, I'll get diarrhea
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't need it on a vacation.
1: But no, we and that's one thing my uh, Vicky and I would love to do is um, I don't know. I guess that considers us foodies or whatever. But right. we just. Love just going off the beaten path. Well, did you find good places in Italy? Oh, absolutely. In fact, we found um, the one uh, place we found in uh, Rome. We flew into Rome, and we only did Rome the one day, but then on the way back, we uh, we hit Rome up again for two days towards the end of the trip because then we flew out of Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, on the way back, we found a nice little uh, restaurant, and the the lady who owned the restaurant... Um, she spoke like I'll, I'll, everybody there and almost, I'd say 95% of the people that we dealt with spoke, um, very good English. There was a couple times where you'd run into somebody who didn't speak a lot, you know, right. or, or broken English, but I'd say 95% spoke really well English. But, uh, the lady, you can tell she just, you could tell English was her first language. I mean, she spoke Italian. Um, but I'm kind of like, i like, I bet you she was from the United States. Right. So we ended up talking to her, a very nice lady. She moved, she's moved to Italy. Um, she's been there for 30 years. She moved when she was in her, in her twenties. So we got to talking or whatever. And, um, just, it was a really small little restaurant, but it was unbelievable. The food was, it was, uh, we had pasta there. The pasta was amazing. The desserts. Oh my God, Um, she uh, Vicky had a tiramisu. I had a um, lemon meringue pie. Everything the crust was handmade. Everything was handmade. It was just out of this world. Like, and we went back there the next day just because. uh, Just because. Just because of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, no, it was unbelievable. Like I loved the small little places there.
0: Yeah, it's worth it. Now, did you wear any of your bill stuff when you were out? Cuz we got cat we've got we got cat called a couple times. Did you get Go
1: Bills? Mm-hmm. I was just going to bring that up. I told my wife, I told Vicky, I was like, "I'm going to bring one bill shirt." She's like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yep, I'm so going to bring one bill shirt. I am proud to report that I got a Go Bills in Rome. I got a Go Bills in Milan. I got a Go Bills a Go Bills from a person from Williamsville in Cinqueterra. Yeah. got a Go Bills there and I got two Go Bills in Florence. Nice. Like I was literally counting on one one I thought it was weird in Florence. The guy had an Eagles shirt on and he still he was like, "Hey, look, Go Bills." I was like, "All right, cool. I'm, I'm counting it. it. I'm counting it." it. Yeah. But uh yeah, we would just be walking by and um, we would just get it from random people like, like hey, go Bills. Yeah. Like, all right, cool. We got it from
0: somebody who worked on the ship. Okay. He was like, it's your year this year. We had like 17 people on the ship themselves say go Bills. I even had like, a, we, we became friends with somebody. And um, this one kid, he was a douchey kid. But um, he was a Dolphins fan, so like he was making it known. Ooh. And the guy that we befriended, he, for lack of better terms, said, "Hey, screw you! I'm still I'm a Cowboys fan, but the but the Bills are gonna clap you this year again, just like they did before." <laughs> like we had, I ran into people from like Hamburg. They're like, "Oh, finally more Buffalo people!" <laughs> like it's crazy, and you know, obviously. We got some Go Bills from uh, Miami. I I was at a bar in Miami the night before we left. We were watching professional cornhole, and <laughs> was it on ESPN eight? The Ocho, probably. <laughs> but Dion Dawkins was playing cornhole. Uh huh. Really, with a girl who's an actual professional cornhole player against some kid. And the
1: situation, Mike the situation from Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. So I'm guessing it was some tor- some sort of like celebrity. Yes, but Deion Dawkins was doing good. Did he win? Uh not against Mike the situation. Oh, it wasn't team, they were doing like one on one. Well,
0: no, so it was Deion Dawkins and some chick who was a professional, and then some kid who was a professional and Mike the situation. Like so they yeah. those two teams. But like Mike the situation landed. Like, everything was tied, and he landed one right in the hole. And this was, like, Deion Dawkins' last throw. And he just instantly chucks it right into the hole, and it starts, like, showboating. Deion Dawkins did? Oh, yeah. So they won? Maybe? Uh, that Well, no. They, or that like, was just that yeah, round or yeah. whatever But, it was. like, still, I was, like, watching it, and
1: I was like, is that Dion Dawkins playing
0: cornhole on TV? I'm sure it
1: was. That's awesome. Yeah, I know Josh Allen was in, like, some... He
0: was in some golf. Some golf he tournament. does a lot of golf. Yeah.
1: But uh, he lost a, a. Him and Mahomes lost to. Uh, who was it? Brady and.
0: Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron
1: Rodgers Sorry. in the match. Aaron Rodgers should
0: be in jail, and Patrick Mahomes should be. No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> we'll leave that. But speaking of Aaron Rodgers, did you notice that he changed these?
1: I was going to say, it looked like he changed. We we got a jersey swap up or change in here in the precinct.
0: I think he's added more. Yeah, he's added.
1: Yeah, he's added a few more. I think he was showing pictures of them um, on the two point conversion where he he added a few more jerseys. I I was not. But but, so you got a lot of go bills on the ship. Did you get any go bills off the ship, like from when you were ziplining or whatever? I don't think so. No, sadly, no.
0: But most of the areas we were going to, I was not surprised that we didn't get any. Uh, most of the time, I
1: actually had my shirt off. Um. I was going to wear it because I didn't wear a jersey or anything. And thank God oh, I didn't no. pack one because it was way too hot. Um, it was just a simple bill shirt. I wanted so bad to wear it to the Vatican so that I could get a Go Bills in the Vatican. But Vicky looked at me. She's like. No, she's like we are going to the Vatican. People are praying there. People are praying there. She's like you can wear better than a bill shirt. Like I said, it entered my mind is she, for a second. Is she like religious? <laughs> uh to that point, no, like not not overly not overly religious. I'd say about the same as me. You okay. know, believe. Um, uh, but um, are you, you know, Catholic? I'm Catholic. Okay. I'm a good Italian Catholic boy.
0: Right. Oh, I was just curious because I was when, like.
1: I mean, what do you, what do you got to go bills from the Pope? That's what I, that, and that's why I wanted imagine? to bring it. Like I said, it entered my head. I was like, Vic, you don't understand. I can get my bill shirt blessed for the Pope. And, and no, it was, uh, that was the one thing about the Vatican. Apparently during the summer, um, the Pope, like the Pope does masses or whatever in the Vatican, but apparently on Wednesdays, that's like his day off during the summer. And we happened to go there on a Wednesday. So we didn't get a glimpse of him or didn't get to see him. But the Vatican was cool. Did you go inside? Yeah. We did the tour of the Vatican, and thank God. This is how, I mean, listen, if it wasn't for my wife planning this trip, this trip would not have been anywhere near as great as it was. She, we didn't do a ton of, in fact, this was the only tour tour we did. Right. But, but everything else, like to get, into, uh, to get into the domos, you had to buy tickets. If we didn't, what uh, it was the domo. Pisa and uh, the Basilica, one of the Basilicas, if we didn't, if she did, when I say we, if she didn't buy tickets, we would have had to wait in line just for an hour to get the tickets, and then those were for, like, reservations to come back either the next day or, like, two, three hours later. That's how ridiculous and long, but she would, she planned everything out. The Vatican, she planned out where we did a 7.30 tour. It was the only tour tour we did. Um, We did a 7.30 tour, which lasted about an hour and a half, two hours. And then after the tour, we did breakfast in the Vatican, which was pretty cool. So we we got to—I'm not going to lie, and I'm going to say the sign of the cross here because I'm talking poor. The breakfast was not good. No. But, um, you know, you're eating in the Vatican, so it was all good. I mean with the pope beads. One thing that we did in the Vatican which I thought was really cool is um we uh we did the touristy thing. We bought like the blessed holy waters inside the Vatican. But we all we went and for my mom we bought I bought her a rosary, the rosary beads from the Vatican, but we went uh after we bought it from the gift shop in the Vatican, we went to um one of the confessionals. And they have they have a number of them. They have, like, six or seven. And it's really cool. They'll have, like, confessionals where um, they have different languages on there. Like, if you speak Italian, if you speak Spanish, if you speak Korean, if you speak... Like, they have, like, different signs yeah. over the, the confessionals. So we went to uh, one of the priests and had the rosary. We had the rosary blessed. And he looked at us. He's like, are you married? And I'm thinking, I'm like, we are. I, I said, we both answered yes. I'm like... If we were to say no, or is he going to yell at us but uh so he blessed he blessed the rosary for my mother, and he blessed our marriage, which was I thought was really cool. um how much did you pay for that nothing <laughs> it's you just go in and you know it it's like literally going into a regular church and you can there were people that were going in there and doing confessionals, there were people that were just going and getting stuff blessed or getting themselves blessed or so it was like being in a regular mass, and you didn't have to pay. I paid, I don't know, I paid for the rosary, but that was in the gift shop. I didn't have to get it blessed, but I did. And then we did the touristy thing where we bought, like, little – they had, like, little vials of holy water, but whatever. Yeah, okay. Whatever. It was inside the Vatican, though. It wasn't, like, those those things outside. And that was one thing that the, the lady giving the – the tour guide giving the tour, she said um, – the only place that you can get holy water or stuff that's actually blessed is inside the Vatican. She said if any of these um, outside the Vatican walls or near the Vatican walls, if they're offering you holy water, if they're offering you blessed, whatever, she's like, apparently in law there you're supposed to uh, contact the police because it's like a big time offense. Yeah. So, but um, no, we got... Beads and decided to get them, and that was Vicky's idea. She decided to get the beads, blessed for my mom, which you know we ended up giving to her this weekend. She loved it; she thought it was amazing. So, <laughs> so she got I got points there for being a good son. Mm, yeah, of course. I
0: was going to say something about the Vatican, but I'll, I'll be darned <laughs> if I know what it is.
1: But it was probably not something. It was outstanding, and even just I feel like, and even in sports now, you've got your downtime where. it being a coach and being an athlete it's you almost feel like there's limited times that you can go on vacation yeah so take it when you can so take it when you can like i know for me um just being a coach i mean there's only so many times that we can go on vacation like we're like spring break a lot of times yeah, sorry can't i've got track or february break i was when i was coaching bowling it was always nice because Typically, sectionals would end right before, that weekend before February break. So we were able to sneak in a vacation there before track and field started. But with indoor track, a lot of times it's, uh, sorry, that's sectionals. Can't do that. Um, Normally, you know, for the last, I don't know, 15 whatever years, I've had park camp. I know you've had park camp. Being teacher, oh, you get your summers. Well, I didn't. This is the first summer. This is why we were able to do the big 10-day 11 day trip, my longest vacation ever. Um, So yeah, we're not missing much at park camp. Listen, I'm thinking, I was thinking that last week. In fact, I mentioned it to my wife. I was like, you know what? Typically right now I'd be carrying something somewhere. I'd be, I I think that too. I'd be setting up somebody's room. I'd be listening to somebody's complaint. I'd be like, I'm just, I'm happy. I had a lot of good times at park camp, met a lot of good people made a lot of uh lifelong friends. Um I appreciate uh you know John Moran take uh 15 years ago taking a chance on me and hiring me. But I don't, I don't have to say that. I'm glad that uh I'm glad that it's done. I'm glad I made a career yeah. of it last year. Yeah, no, it's, you're you're smart. I uh I
0: coach gymnastics as you know. And I always ask my kids like what are you guys doing for the summer? Well, one of my kids, he is seven years old and he said, I'm go to I go to summer camp and I said, Where do you go to summer camp? And he said, I go to park summer camp.
1: And I was like, Really? Now did he go last year or is yes. this his first year? No, he got, he went last year. Oh, was, so he would have did he remember you from Macho Matt? So I asked him. I was like I told him, I was
0: like, I worked there. And he said, You did? I was like, Yeah. I was eight nine counselor and he was just like and then the light bulb went off. She's like, Are you macho Matt? And I was like
1: <laughs> and I was like And how how long have you been coaching him? Oh gosh, probably
0: like six months.
1: And he never like it never clicked? That's awesome.
0: And I told him I was like, Yep. And he's like, Really? And I'm like, Yeah. And That was at the beginning of the class. He proceeded to yell across the gym to his parents that were sitting up watching that he was like, my coach is Macho Matt, to his sister who also goes to park camp and says, Macho Matt's my coach. And he was like, I'm going to tell everybody tomorrow And, and first grade boys. And then my coach is Macho Matt. And he was like, you ah, should come. Ah, he was, and then ah, he was just like, he's like, sumo's no fun anymore. I was like. Oh, like, no, really? Yeah. And he was just like, he was like, you you should come back and like, and, uh, and all this stuff. And he was like, and then for the rest of the day, like he just, anything we were doing, he was just like, I just can't get over the fact that he's Macho Matt. Like. Did the kids? And did the other kids that you were coaching? They're like, dude, no, what no, are you? Yeah. What are you talking about? They had no clue. Like, he was even yelling it at other coaches when they walked by. They're like, are like, he's macho Matt. And my one friend Jake, he's just like, oh, <laughs> like, no clue what <laughs> that <laughs> means at all. Like, yes, he is, uh, buddy. Yeah. All right, <laughs> all right, buddy. Good job. <laughs> like, but I thought it was so funny that out of this entire time, like you said, I, I think the kid liked me. But, like,
1: that was it. But now I think the kid, like, straight up idolized me. Now he's like, he's like whatever you want, coach. You got it. You need water, coach? You got it. Like, like it, I think
0: it's amazing that I was just like, oh, wow. Like, it's still a very fresh thing in a lot of these kids' minds. That was a
1: year ago. I tell you, and it, last year was my 14th or 15th year um, at the camp. I I was the one, and I'm going to be, I'm going to. I'm going to plug myself here, pat myself on the back. 14 years ago, 15 years ago, I created Sumo. Right. Um, I literally, it was, like I said, John um, hired me to do lower camp athletics. I was, was I still in college? No, I think I had just graduated. This was like my first time. I didn't have a full-time teaching job yet. I think I was either right out of college or maybe it was my senior year of college. And as I got the job, this is my first time I got a budget. Like he said, all right, I think everybody got like $200, $300 to just order. We got their, This was back in the day we got the catalogs. So I was like, this is cool. Like I never had money to just buy whatever I wanted. So flipping through these catalogs and I saw these, they were called belly bumper suits. But I'm like, I think they were like 35 40 bucks 40 each. I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. And I had ordered most of the other stuff that I – Thought I could do this, I could do that. I ordered a couple of football stuff, so I was like, "All right, I've got fifty extra bucks. Let me order these belly bumper suits." So I did it just for my groups when I did lower athletics K to three. And John happened to be walking by, and he's like, "You know, he saw me when I was doing it for my uh, sumo." He's like, "Do you?" He's like, "That looks pretty cool." He's like, "Do you want to do this at Flag?" I was like, "Sure, why not?" So it was like week three or week four. So I did it at flag. I only had the small suits. So I knew I could only call the little guys up. By the end, we did it for like the last two weeks of camp. By the end, I had so many older kids, like eight nines, the seventh graders were asking, how come you never call us? We wanna... So I, looking through the catalog, happened to find that they had bigger ones. So the next summer we made, and it just went off and running. I, last summer though was when we went, I mean, you know, we went all out with the WWE thing. It just came together perfectly. Yeah. Um. But I had, in all my years, whether it was game shows that I took over or when Marco was doing it or when Rob was doing it before that, I the pop that we got on that last day when we did the Stone Cold versus Macho Matt, I had never heard that place get any louder. Like the I and it was funny because I remember going out um when I when they busted my music, like you came out, you know, Larry's scared, this and that, blah yeah. blah blah. When I came out and and Dan played the music and I went out, I remember walking by Ben, the lifeguard, Ben Frenzo, and he just looks he's like, holy bleep, like didn't say it loud he's like this is awesome oh yeah and it was just it was you know i mean you knew it was and i sit there i'll never forget i was sitting there like in character like trying to be like what like you know doing the what what and like staring you down and i just (laughs) see you start to smile i'm like dude what are you doing (laughs) it's like you're supposed
0: (laughs) i couldn't help it i i was playing i was straight faced all the time Except for that one time. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't... I don't know. I'm not a
1: serious person a lot. But it was just that whole day. Like I said, I don't think we could top that. Um, no,
0: and it's just we're both not there. That's too, like... We're tooting our own horns here, but like... Oh, absolutely. Two toot. Toot toot. <laughs> it's like there's two juggernauts that they just can't replace. So, I felt bad for whoever's taking on sumo because they have absolutely no idea what happened last year.
1: Like I said, and I know the, uh, I believe it's Brian Vitello, who is a great guy, a good friend of mine. You know, he worked at camp years ago, ended up switching careers a little bit, came back in the teaching, so he was able to come back to camp this year. He's running sumo now. Connor, uh, who is our first guest, um, a year ago, he's doing the. He's doing the game shows for me, but um, yeah, it's just uh, I don't. Again, I don't know if sumos are good or bad, indifferent, whatever. But man, I just think the way we did it last year—if it had been—if it had been a regular sumo year where we just did, all right, here's a counselor battle, you know, yes. Matt, Steve, come on up, just random counselors, no. No WWE no style that we did last lines. year. No storylines. If if we didn't do what we did last year, I don't think the person would have had that big of a shoes to fill.
0: No. But
1: the fact that we—and, I mean, we ramped it up from week to week to week.
0: My character was involved
1: in basically everything at that point. Like, oh, absolutely. And this we didn't even plan on doing that. I literally—I um, mean, you and Dan, who was your first opponent— Um, you guys knew we, we did sumos on Thursday. So I, I came to you guys and asked you, I think Monday, like, you knew ahead of time, but like, listen, just, um, I want to do it a little differently. Think of a wrestler. Think of a character. Didn't even have to be a wrestler. Just think of a character. Um, and let's, you know, I want to do my, my thought was we're going to do different wrestlers each week. There was going to be no quote unquote champion. There was going to be no whatever. And, Megan, I I talked to Megan and I forget. That uh, was other Megan. Was it two Megans? Yeah, Megan and Megan. Um, who was the other valet or a uh, manager? I just asked them, and escort. they they were literally going to be um, a different person, like a different person's escort each week, or a different person's valet or uh, manager each week. You got with Megan. Uh, Megan Doyle, who has been on our show many times. Yeah. But I didn't know what you guys that were do. That was a recipe for success. I didn't even I... know what we were going to do. And then all of a sudden, I think, what was it, Wednesday? Yeah, Megan and I both came up you to got, you. Yeah, you, get, you guys were going to do Macho Man. And it's like, all right, that's cool. Even that day, I was like, all right, that's cool. Um, I, I went over. When, the, I, had the when I saw the you guys gym. come out Thursday morning, <laughs> and I didn't even see you guys come out because we had you guys in the back. Yeah. Um, because I always do the kids first, and then, you know, the counselor battle. But like, but we did it WWE style. I was supposed to be Mean Gene, whatever. And when I saw you and Megan come out, I'm like, okay. I was like, this is. (laughs) So you and Dan were battling, and I like thirty seconds in or ten seconds in, I look at, I'm like, Dan, fall. And he's like, "What do you?" I'm like, "Fall." (laughs) So I made sure that you won. And then I'm just like, all right. I was like, the macho. Because you brought out the belt. I did. You brought out the belt. That's when I was like, that's when it clicked into my head. I was like, all right, this this, yeah. this is it. This is the story. And every week you had a different opponent yep. and it just got bigger and bigger. You but were they getting hated, booed. they hated me way too fast. Well, because. Way too easily. I, I feel badly because at this point, like, you know, to progress the storylines, I'm like, all right, Matt, hit this guy over the head with like a. a a uh, quote-unquote sledgehammer, or yeah. or you're gonna cheat by winning this way, and the kids, <laughs> the kids got into it.
0: Like we it. went,
1: we went straight uh, attitude era wrestling. Oh,
0: 100 percent. Like I got booed, I got called names. <laughs> I had, I had, like no matter where I'd go, if I was just like walking outside, and no, no kids were actually around me. I'd hear from the buildings. They're like, "There's Macho Man." <laughs>
1: Week week four, you came up to Ian and I, you were like, I can't do it anymore. You're like, I can't I can't do it. The kids hate me. I don't wanna be hated.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I, bit, I no, but I, was, I I grew a pair basically and I was just like, No, I gotta do it. Well I remember we were
1: You were Ian, about to can it Ian and I looked at each other, we're like, All right, like yeah, you're right. Because you were telling you like on Country Fair Day, kids are like throwing stuff at you. Yeah. Um but and you could
0: hear the booze. Oh yeah.
1: nobody could. And I think it lasted and we were it was like, all right, well, we'll just wrap it up. But I think like either later that day or early the next day by Wednesday, you came up like, no, forget it. We got two more weeks, three more weeks, whatever it is. Let's just let's just let's do it. it. Oh gosh, dude. That was amazing. Like But I do think I think we left it the way we left it, I don't care. I don't care who took over. It won't ever be the same. It night. wasn't going to be the same. No. It wasn't going to be the same. Nope. Um, and I think you find that in sports, too, where yeah. whether, you, um, uh, whether you're a quarterback, like whoever took the place of Jim Kelly or whoever took the place of Tom Brady in New England, whoever took the place of uh, Michael Irving or uh, even a coach, legendary coach of a team, it's going to be hard shoes to fill for anybody. Who did take over the role for Tom Brady? Uh, was that Cam Newton? Cam Newton took over. But no, I feel like there was... No, it was Cam Newton. Yeah. Cam Newton took over for two years, and then Mac Jones took over. And Cam Newton's first year, I didn't think he was horrible. No. I think he came, but again, you're following... Except the time he fumbled and cried. <laughs> yeah. But um, didn't make the playoffs that year. The next year... His second year, did he even start a game, or was he cut in the preseason? Uh, I, feel I, like, say he I, I feel like he was cut because he wouldn't get vaccinated.
0: I don't think it was that. Maybe it was. All I remember is that he was in like commercials for a little bit.
1: Yeah. But um, he...
0: Did he, you know he got arrested? Not recently, not, but like when he was in college. Yeah, for
1: stealing crab legs. No, stealing the laptop. I thought it was stealing crab legs at a food. Or am I thinking of somebody different? Somebody different. I thought it was Cam Newton who, um, no, you know who that was? That was Jameis Winston. Somebody was one of the, some quarterback um, around that time got arrested for like they put crab legs down their uh, shirt or something, or and like Which tried is weird to, that crab legs are something that you get arrested for. Yeah, I well they're expensive. They're good. They're good too. But like going through a grocery store, and well, what do you think about Deshaun
0: Watson and and the whole Baker Mayfield thing, where they're actually paying Baker Mayfield like millions of dollars to leave?
1: Yeah, they had to they had to take a significant portion of his salary. Ooh, um, yeah, but, they screwed uh, him. I uh, listen. The fact that I mean, it's not uncommon to see a player get suspended. But when you've got players that get suspended, like Kelvin Ridley got suspended a year for gambling. Um, you got Josh Gordon who got suspended, what, years, two, three seasons or whatever for marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get players who um, got suspended for like an assault, just one, not the just one, it's bad enough one, but for an assault and battery charge and they'll get four, four to five, six games. The fact that he has, what was it, 24, 26? The fact that there's potentially, I think somebody said there was a potentially over um, 100 different massage therapists that he was with during that time. Yeah. The fact that 24 or 26, whatever it was, came out. The fact that he had to settle lawsuits, and there's still five active, four active lawsuits available. I personally, in my personal opinion, and I might catch some slack for this, I don't think he should be playing another game in the NFL. No. I don't know if those again they're accusations. I don't know if they're true, but um, where there's smoke, there's fire. You have so many out there. If there, if those allegations are true, if the, and. I know me I'm not paying people off if something's not true. Exactly. Um, but again, that's just me. I personally think he shouldn't get he he shouldn't pay a down in the NFL ever. I
0: don't ever. know why people like Weather Brown thought it was a good idea to get him.
1: There in fact there was rumors out there now that um I think it was reported a couple uh a couple hours ago there's somebody in in Cleveland is saying that they're hearing from a reliable source that he's only going to get 4 to 6 games. Which if he honestly if he gets less than a year that's just then the NFL does not care about its fans, particularly its female fans. Right. But just even its family fans like that's and I and I thought about this a lot if it were a situation where if we didn't have Josh Allen and we traded for Deshaun Watson, I don't know if I could watch the bills that year. I, I was going to, s- I don't know if I could, I don't think I'm definitely, I definitely not going to a game, but I don't know if I could watch or support the bills that season or maybe even anymore.
0: Yeah, I don't. I know if he does continue to play, his reputation is never
1: going to be the same. Like, no. people are going to hate him. And again, innocent until proven guilty. Um, but uh, it, it's a tricky situation. I just think the the charges, the allegations against him, are that horrendous. And not only it's not only one. One would be bad enough. You're talking multiple, in the 20s, multiple. Yeah. It's like- even if, uh, there's 24 cases, I think it was, even if half of them are true, you're still talking 12. Yeah. Like, you're talking a dozen. Yeah. Shouldn't even be one. No. I'd say, you know what, if you don't want to do an indefinite, give him, give him three games for each count. Give him three games for each count. So that's a, at least a good <laughs> couple seasons. You're talking that's what, 24 times <coughs> three? You're talking at 72 games? Yes. Give him 72 games. Yes. At that point, he shouldn't be playing. Exactly. And you know what? Shame on the Browns, and I hope... When did he get drafted? He got drafted the year before Allen. Okay. He got drafted in Mahomes' year. Okay. So. Um... Shame on the Browns for even—in fact, I hope Cleveland has to pay him the entire $230 million. Not because I want him to get his money, but I hope they pay him the entire $230 million and they don't get a game from him. And they lose, what, four first-round draft picks? Yeah. Three first-round draft picks, however many it was.
0: I, I, hope, I hope the Browns just eat it this year. They don't – if your organization trusts this person, whether it's true or not, you know he comes with heat, and you're not doing anything to counteract it, you don't deserve to win.
1: Yeah. And I love how they say, oh, we did our due diligence. We did our due diligence. We did – we investigated. They didn't investigate
0: anything. Even with the Aaron Hernandez case – the Patriots ended up distancing themselves from him.
1: Yeah, and they had literally just signed a contract with him. Yeah. like, And and not only that, but they were on the hook. Like, they already gave him his bonus. They could have very easily said, oh, well, you know, he's our— And he just had—I They, I believe it was that season, the season before they gave him the contract extension, they just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And it, that was when Gronkowski and him were just, you know— Kicking, you know, butt. But, um, no, they distanced themselves from her right away. What was it? Uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, two, three years ago with the Chiefs, when he did that where he uh, hit the woman in the hotel. Yeah. Next day, <coughs> Kansas City cut him. And at that point, Kansas City was, I think it was uh, five, five weeks left, and they were, you know, in the middle of a, a Super Bowl run. Right. Don't care. Cut him. Gone. Yeah. Um, no, we'll
0: pay this guy $230 million. Knowing. Knowing. Yeah, no. It's so douchey. Knowing that he had that. I don't feel bad for the Browns anymore. No.
1: The Browns, I always felt like, were just the Buffalo of the AFC North. Like, they were just... They haven't won... Well they uh, they won, but they haven't won since Jim Brown was playing. Um, They were always just... You know, they're uh, the lovable losers right. we were, especially during our uh, during the drought period, the dark ages. But just no, I've, I've got no remorse. I've no. got no no love for the Browns. None at all. And I was re- I've been reading a couple articles on the situation where a lot of the Browns fans feel the same way. Like yeah. you, you've got a lot of the Browns fans. Nope. Not watching them this year. And it's not just it's not just the female. Um, viewers or watch fans, it's a lot of the male fans. Nope. As a father, as a family man, as a husband, I can't. I can't condone it. Right. Can't do that. And I feel like again, if he can if he, had, if Buffalo had done something like that, I, uh, I don't think I could. I, I don't think I could do it. If I did turn on to a game, I probably would have very little interest but it's a it's a shame and I'm glad it's not happening to us. So am I. I was going to say I'm glad we don't have to worry about that. Yep. And he was a player that if Buffalo didn't make that trade with Kansas City, he was a player that Buff you know fans were talking about Buffalo should have drafted that year. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't. I agree. But no, that whole case is ridiculous. Now, have you ever had have you ever had to play with anybody on any kind of team where— I was going to say, no, I never had a problem no, with this nature. No, 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 no. Um, have you ever had to play with anybody, again, obviously, who, doesn't, who didn't do anything to that extent, but that was just um, what you would consider like a distraction in the locker room, uh, uh, personality conflicts, clashes, or just somebody that you knew was— uh star athlete maybe uh I don't want to say was given grades, but you know wasn't passing everything. You know was should have been uh in trouble for drinking at a party and and got let slide or whatever. Like and again, we're not naming names here. But did you ever have or even just somebody in the locker room who everybody just hated? Like even if they didn't do anything wrong, but like, listen, dude, you just you're bringing everybody down. Like I don't care how good you are, you just got to go.
0: I just had a bad attitude, not because they were good or anything. They just had a really bad attitude, and they just always thought they were better than everybody else when they weren't.
1: And it can it can bring a team down. Yeah, we were all just aggravated. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big I'm a big believer of you know, and again, I'm not saying the happiest locker room is going to win you the game. That's going to be the winner. But I think you know, going out there and liking your teammates, playing for your teammates, wanting to do better for your teammates, right? It matters. Oh yeah. You know if if we're out there playing forward, or if I'm a if I'm playing outside back and you're my outside winger, if I you know if we're getting together, if we're clicking, if we're friends, whatever, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna try to hook you up. I'm gonna try to get you to score. I'm gonna play that much harder. Where if I hate you or don't particularly like you, eh, maybe I'm sending the ball across the field (laughs) instead. Right. Or maybe I'm getting a little greedy because, well, whatever. I can. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, uh, it's just a mess in Cleveland. And you know what? I just hope it, I I hope he doesn't play another game. I hope not either. I hope. I I really, the optimist inside me is going to say he's going to get a year and a half. Or at least a year, but a year a year and a few games carried over in the next year. Yeah. Maybe two or three.
0: Oh, hundred percent.
1: I and I even think that's lenient. But I hope he gets nothing less than a year. I hope if he does play. First hit he gets. Instant injury. He already didn't play last year, but that was under that was because he wanted out of Houston. Um
0: Is he also still under investigation?
1: He was, but that wasn't the reason why he didn't play. Oh. He didn't play because remember he um the owner the the owner who I think they made sell the team but the owner of the team said something racist of Houston. He didn't like that. Then when they fired the coach um I forgot who it was, they didn't give him, they didn't ask like any of his input on who the new coach was. He felt disrespected. He was like, that's when he said, I want out. I don't want to play. I'm never going to play for a down for this team. And then it was shortly after, maybe two or three months after he said that, that's when the accusation started rolling it. Gotcha. But, no, he didn't play last year because he didn't want to play. And then it came out he was, quote, unquote, hurt. So, But he still collected his money. Yeah, yeah. He still collected his money. Just like he'll collected it in Cleveland. Um, type of players. Did you ever hear uh do you believe that we'll just do a random question here. Do you believe that you can change the type of player you are? No. Or even just the type the personality of player you are? Like if you're if you're an aggressive player, can you tone it down? If you're or can a coach, can you as a coach get that player to turn it down? If you're a defensive player, can you all of a sudden switch to be offensive? If you're offensive, can you switch to be defensive? Can you switch to be conservative? Do you think that's something that you can coach into your players or you can try to change as a player? Or do you think that's kind of like a personality trait where I'm always going to be aggressive or I'm always going to be on the on the conservative side?
0: It's a personality trait, and especially if you don't get to them while they're still developing into the player, you can't change it.
1: So you think by the time they get into high school sports, they're... That's that's who they are. I I tend to agree. I think once you get to the high school level, you can obviously at any point develop skill. If you're a right-handed shot, you can develop that left foot. If you're a uh, more of a... uh, You can develop your touch. You can develop the dribble. You can develop a little bit of speed, coordination. I tend to agree, but I think you can... Once you get to the high school level or above, it's harder. But I think you can change a little bit if you make a conscious effort. Well, yeah, but, I mean,
0: if you're a coach and, like, you want your players to be more aggressive, but you just have players that don't, it would be better to just create a game plan revolving around the skills your players do have rather than forcing them to be something different.
1: I agree. But there are some times, though, where you're in a sport or you're playing against a team where you need to step that aggression up. And you, as a coach, you need to get, like, there's there's times out there where we're playing certain teams where we know that they're going to be a very aggressive team. Right. We know that, and unfortunately, and I'm sure if Jamie's listening, she's probably laughing at this right now, Kenmore East, our girls' soccer team, we've got a lot of talented girls, but we typically tend to be one of the smaller teams, and we tend to be not all of our players because we've got some – We've got some very aggressive girls out there, players, but we tend to be a team that doesn't dictate the play. We, we tend to not necessarily get pushed around, but we're not as aggressive as we need to be in a lot of the areas, and that's something we preach aggression, 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 which I agree there's times where we'll play different formations to go around that, but when we're playing against certain schools and we know this school is going to be big, this school is going to be tough, this school is going to be physical, not dirty, there are some dirty teams out there. I'm not naming names. But they're going to be... And you can... There's a difference between playing physical and playing dirty. You can be a physical team and play very clean. But there are times out there where we're going to the practice two, three days before and be like, girls, we've got to step it up. You know they're going to play the body. You know they're going to try shouldering you off the ball. You know they're going to... Especially if this is the second time we've played them this year. Sometimes you get some players that will that will step it up a little bit. Other times it's just, you're going to get what you're going to get. Um,
0: I mean, maybe you can help them get more aggressive or something like that, but I don't feel like it's anything like detrimental that you can change out of them. Like, if somebody's not naturally aggressive, you can kind of be like, well, they're, like, pushing you. You don't – like, you push them back. Like, you hold still. Like, you hold your – and and maybe you can get them to be like that. But I'm, I'm not – I don't feel like you could ever make them change into just, like, full-blown like attack mode. Like, just like how you can't tame an aggressive – I mean, you can in some aspects, but you will never permanently change it to a point where they're completely different.
1: What do you think is harder, getting an aggressive player to calm down, or getting a a more of a timid—I don't want to call them timid, but more of a conservative player to play up and get more aggressive?
0: Mm.
1: Or do you think they're both equally just? Listen, I, I can't do that.
0: I feel like it's it's the same. It's like a double edged sword. Like you know, and it depends on the person themselves. Like if they're very adaptive then yeah, but if, it's, if they're not and they're stuck in their ways and they're not comfortable with that, then no.
1: That is true. I know for me, I'd, up until the time that I was probably 7th grade, 6th, 7th grade, I was more of that, I don't want to say timid, but I was more of that conservative player where I wouldn't back down from a player, but I wasn't initiating contact. If it was a 50-50 ball, I would try to get there with speed. If I couldn't get there with speed, if I knew I wasn't going to win the 50-50 ball, I would try to back off and look to either contain them, look to push them wide, look to get the ball in another fashion as opposed to going after the 50-50 ball and, and win it. Right. Sixth grade, seventh grade, I had that click moment where, um, I just started getting really aggressive. Like I just, and again, thankfully for me, I had that moment at, at, you know, an earlier portion of my development. I think I'd only been in soccer, I don't know, maybe five, six years at that point, four or five years. Um, So it was early enough in my career where I could continue that and become more of an aggressive player. Because when I was in high school, I was uber aggressive Um and it's funny because my personality as a person, I wish I was more, like, professionally, I wish I was more aggressive. Even in, even in school, I wish I was more had more of that mentality on the field, that aggressive on the field. I could never really carry it over into my life if that sounds weird or not. But um, for me, that's when I had my click moment. And, I mean, I, I do think you're right where if I didn't have that click moment, I'd probably be to this day that conservative style of player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know there are players out there where I think you can only hold back an aggressive player for so long. Okay. Even I know in high school, I was never dirty, but I knew in high school where if you had a if you had an official that was calling everything as a coach or as a player, you're backing off, you're backing off or you're yelling, "Hey, stop." Relax, relax, but you can just see that that boiling point, and when they hit that boiling point, you know they're going to do something. You know they're going to go in hard for a 50-50 ball. You know they're going to go in and start playing the body a little too hard, and you're just almost like, all right, I've got to pull you off a little bit, calm you down, get you back on there, as opposed to a uh, more of a timid player or a conservative player. Sometimes... Everybody has a breaking point true, but sometimes there's been times where you pull that player off, but like, listen, if you're going to go out there and you're just going to get run over and run over and bullied and bullied, I'm going to have to put somebody else in because we can't keep this up. And you kind of get to that point. And sometimes it, it jars them up and they play the next 15, 20 minutes a little bit more aggressive and how you need it. But then they ultimately just come back, come back to earth. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, as a coach, you got to respect how they play, but at the same time, you got to get them a little bit outside their comfort zone. You got to respect how they play, but sometimes you just
0: don't want to respect how they play.
1: Yeah. And um do you do you find that though like even if you're coaching something where you kind of fall into the habit of you wanting your team to play the style that you played as a as a as a player? Or do you think coaches kind of fall into that style too? Like,
0: I feel and, like there's certain coaches that have an idea of what's going to work and it's there.
1: Get on that mic because I can't hear you. Sorry. I
0: was <laughs> going to say, I feel like some coaches have like that already like predetermined. They're like, yeah, this is how we're going to play because this is how I did it. And um, that's it. And then there's other coaches that um, don't. They kind of just let the team do whatever you know the dynamic already is. I don't know. I really don't ha- I don't really care if they play like my way or not. I I mean like I'd like it, but if that's just not the
1: group of people that I have, I'm not going to stress about it. True. I do find myself like I was always more I was an aggressive player. I was smart as opposed to taking chances though. I as I played center mid and occasionally outside mid. If I was going to take a chance, I wouldn't I wouldn't be that player that would pinch up top, knowing that if I got beat, there could be a potential breakaway. I was going to I was aggressive, but I was also going to err on the side of caution where I'm going to err more towards defensively. And even in my my coaching style, I've noticed throughout my years, I'll come up with game plans that are a little bit more defensive, especially early on in my career. I'd, I rather, I kind of coach, especially if I knew we were playing against a tougher team. I would coach more of the okay, where this is going to be a zero-zero tie, or I don't want them to score a goal on us. If if we get a cheap one in, we're winning one nothing. Or once we score a goal, that's it. We're locking it down. Didn't always work, you but would park the bus. I would park the bus, sort of, sort of speak. But I remember a couple years into my career, I I knew I started I had to start making changes because I didn't want to be known as that defensive coach that right. that coach that if you've played against me three or four times or if you, this is the third four year we're playing against each other, all right, if we just keep sending attack after attack after attack after attack, Larry, we're going to score two goals. We're going to get up two nothing. He's not going to know how to score type of deal. He's not going to know how to send an attack. So there's also been games where I remember there's been games where I've gone out of my way to make sure that we had an aggressive offensive game plan. Even though sometimes in the back of my mind I'd get anxious as hell on the sidelines. I'd be like, what am I doing? Why am I why like why am I doing this? Nope, we need to pull back. Nope, we need But you just ultimately go with the flow. And again, sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. But I think as a good player and as a good coach, you've gotta you've gotta have a little bit of traits of each. I mean Yeah. You've gotta know when to turn your aggression on, you've gotta know when to keep it off. Cause I mean, I'm sure you've run across those players in any sport where you know, hey, Larry's a hothead. If we just get into his head a little bit, he might be talented, but if we throw him off his game, he's gonna be crap the rest of the way. Like if we just if we if we shove him a few times, he's gonna get scared and he's gonna back off. And he's not going to play near as good. We can't let him get open space, type of deal. Yeah. And I think you become one dimensional and you become easier to defend. Right. So. I don't know. I, I feel like I didn't try to get my. I didn't get my point across as, as good as I needed to. It's, it's okay. I had a three-hour class today. Are you taking summer school? Oh yeah. How many classes? One. Uh phys ed class or like Ooh. a gen Oh so it's not even a major political class.
0: and social philosophy.
1: Three hours. Mm-hmm.
0: Monday, Tuesday, Thursday.
1: Three hours, so nine hours a week for oof. Yeah. I just sit A there. three hour class. Do they give you breaks? I have one twenty minute break. See that's one thing I didn't like in college. Like I don't care how interesting the class was. And I actually liked my philosophy classes that I took at Canisius. I don't care how interesting the subject is. Just sitting in a room about anything for three hours, Mm -hmm. you're just – your mind shuts off.
0: I haven't gone through one class yet where I haven't slipped in and out of consciousness. (laughs) I can't help it. Like I'm, I'm trying to be engaged but he's just talking and talking. And you're just to the point where you're like, like, and there's only three people in this class, so I can't even hide effectively. Oh, no. So it's not even... So I can't just be like falling asleep in the back because he called me out today. Like, he unintentionally, I think, he asked a question, and apparently the other two kids in my class responded. And I was sitting there just staring at him, but not, not, nothing was going on. He was just like, "You don't agree," and I was like, "What?" And he was like, "It's okay if you don't agree." Like, what? Is, and I was just, like, and you're just like, "Uh, no." Uh, exactly. I was like, uh, "No, I agree." I have absolutely no idea what I just to, but like, I was like, "Oh gosh!" Like, I was so completely out of it. It's philosophy. All you gotta ask is, but why? Well, why <laughs> but like so i thought it was funny cuz you just like you don't you, you didn't you, you don't agree do you and i was just like i don't know what we're talking about <laughs> it,
1: so is it all is it all lecture based or is it more like participation no, like it's all lecture based oh, jesus how do you like there's been times especially during modified or modified seasons when I used to coach modified, there'd be times where we would have, you know, I I would deal with maybe a 12 or 13 person team. And there'd be times because of certain school events that I only had like three or four or five kids show up to practice. It was bad enough coaching those practices. I love coaching small practices. I hate coaching small practices. I love it. I hate coaching small practices. I get more done that way. Yeah, you get more done, but you there's a lot of things you can't do. Like, you can do one-on-one sport drills. gymnastics, I can. With gymnastics, definitely different. With team sport, you can't, though. Oh, right, so that's why I like it and you don't. I mean, there are certain things. Like, you can do a lot more foundational work. You can do a lot more dribbling, one-on-one stuff. But doing that stuff for two straight hours when it's only three kids, mm-hmm. you just kind of get, you know, as opposed to if you have a team of 12, 13, you can break off into small-sided scrimmages. It makes it it go by faster. It makes it go by quicker. But those are bad enough. I couldn't imagine just sitting up and doing a lecture for just three students. For three hours. For three hours. I'd be like, dude, this is... uh, um, He drives over from Canada every day.
0: Really? Yeah. He lives in St. Catharines.
1: That's one thing, and we've got a teacher in our building that in that I work at at high school or at uh, at my school that I work at K to eight building that she lives in Canada and she drives over every day from uh, from Canada to work, yeah. which I, it's just I think she lives somewhere in Fort Area, Fort Erie. That's got to be a pain in the butt. I would assume at that point you got a Nexus pass or something to make customs easy, but still,
0: right? Well, I mean, he the way he describes it is like. You know, it's not terrible. It's actually pretty quick to get in.
1: Yeah. Because you're going in the morning. True. But at that point, it's got to be, well, I mean, you got to be committed to, I guess, live in one country and work in another country. Well, I mean,
0: I feel like cities like Buffalo, you can do that because we're so close to the border.
1: True. It had to have been, I'm sure he couldn't get back and forth over the bridge because of COVID. COVID Um, had to have been horrible.
0: No, you could if you had a working pass.
1: Really? Every day, though? Or even early on?
0: I shouldn't say this, but I think I will. Um, My cousin got married last year during COVID, and he invited one of his relatives to the, the wedding, except the relative lives in Canada. Well, that's back when the border was still closed. All he had to do was say that he was going to the states for work, and they just let him go.
1: So they were. So the border was closed, but not really not unless closed. you worked. Yeah, I. I mean, I could see that. I always thought you would have to show like proof, have to do this, that. So relatively easy to get for out. them. They expedite it. Do they really?
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because no. it's like you're going over every day oh
1: i could yeah that's what i mean like some some sort of like a nexus pass or right
0: or something or go to the same guy so they know you <laughs> i'll be like hey
1: dude just going to work all right have fun
0: speaking of which going through customs you know how they always ask you you can't bring like do you have any fruit or like flowers you know any agricultural yeah. stuff like that. i don't know why but every time we'd get off the ship oh not i don't know why about this um when you would come back on the ship, you would have to go through, like, like have your bag scanned and go through a security thing. Uh, for safety reasons. But also, you know, for that same... Some family thought it was cool to try to bring back 12 <laughs> papayas. No. Nope. No. You can bring
1: back liquor and alcohol, but you can't bring back fruit. Can you bring back liquor and alcohol, though? Mm-hmm. I thought you had to declare that. Well, you have to declare anything you bring back over. But I thought you can only have a certain amount of liquor or alcohol. You would bring it. They would take it from you, and they'd hold it
0: for you. And then you could go pick it up. But you could bring it back. Really?
1: Yeah. Like, what do you mean they would hold? So if I was... Say so you went to, like,
0: we were in Mexico one day, and you wanted to get tequila. You got tequila, and you'd go back, and they'd be like, what is this? You'd say, it's tequila. They're like, okay, we'll hold on to it for you. And you can go claim it at this certain area.
1: When you were heading back to the States. hmm Interesting.
0: Yeah. So you could take it back. You'd like, just like the fruit, though. Like, I saw this chick emptying out her bag just full of papayas i was like i was like where'd you get all of these papayas (laughs) like you know you can't bring that stuff back right
1: see if i would have ordered if i would have got the fruit or whatever i here's the cheap guy in me i would have just sat there i would have started eating it i'd have been like i'm not letting this stuff go to waste Anybody want a papaya? Like, here you go. Come on. They threw it out. Oh, see, no. I would have been like, listen, I'm just going to stay over here. Give me, like, 30 minutes. The, you know, the, 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 it'll be gone.
0: I saw somebody get kicked off the ship, too.
1: We saw – this was our first or second day. Um, We were on the sub. We were on the train. We weren't on a uh, subway. We were on the train, and all of a sudden, the Italian police came on and just kicked, like – Seven or eight, like a family of about seven or eight people, like just start like off, 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 and my wife starts. She's like, "What are they doing? What are they doing?" Like, kind of loud, and I'm like, "Shut up!" <laughs> and she looks. She's like, "What?" I'm like, "Stop!" Talk. And then she starts going with them. I'm like, "No, no, no, get back here!" And later on, you know, I I don't know. I guess we found out later that they were because they. That's the one thing on the trains, on the subways, they didn't seem to care, but on the trains. You had to have your masks on. If you didn't have a mask on, you were getting like and the police saw you, you were going to get booted or you had the potential to get fined or whatever. And somebody had said that's why they got kicked off or that's why they got in trouble, because most of the family members didn't have masks. So the police basically just came on and booted them off. Um, but, you know, my wife, she's like, "Well, why did you yell? I'm like, we're in another country. The police come on and start, you know, kicking people off. Don't ask questions. Just stand there and don't say anything. Right. If they come over and physically grab you to get you off or point to you and get off, then you go. Just don't say anything. Yeah, if you're just watching.
0: No, I watched a guy get kicked off the ship with the two guys that he was with um, in Mexico. And the thing about that is that if you're on a cruise ship and you work there or you are a patron there, and you get kicked off and/or fired; they will leave you at the next port, and it's your like yeah, you, your responsibility, your at home. Yeah. So this guy and the two people he was rooming with, because apparently, even if you don't do anything wrong, but the person you're rooming with gets kicked off, you get kicked off too. Oh. So these three guys got. Basically, left in Mexico to find their way home.
1: Because one of their roommates was an idiot.
0: Yeah. And I watched them, like, I watched the chief of security give them to customs in Mexico.
1: Dude. (laughs) If I ever got booted off of somebody, not because of something I did, but because, like... Not even the, if I wasn't even a part of it, but just my, oh. yeah, me and that person are no longer, like, it would be a while before I'm able to talk to that person, especially in another country. Oh, no. How are we going to get back? I don't, know. I don't know. That's rough. Yeah. I could for sure see them, and it, again, don't get me wrong, I've never been on a cruise, but I'm sure there are a lot of people that do a lot of stupid stuff that probably deserve to get kicked off. I could see kicking the one person off. Like, if, it was, if, it, if we were rooming together and if it was me that was acting like an idiot the entire trip, kick me off. Sure, I deserved it. Don't drag you into it. Don't drag the other roommates just because they happen to be roommates.
0: Yeah, no, that's how it goes. Like, they brought all their stuff out and they're like, it's your problem now. And I don't even understand. Like, just put them in the brig. I mean, do they have brigs? Like, yeah. do they have? Oh, yeah.
1: Every cruise ship has a jail. No, I see kicking them off. Absolutely. If they did, like I said, if it was one person and they just happened to be rooming with three or four of the guys, kicked the one person off. Right. Well, it's also you got that and then like it's fun to watch the peer runners too. Like people that are trying to get back on the ship.
0: Yeah, when the ship's leaving. Except <laughs> as soon as the ship starts leaving, they're not going to stop for you. No. Except if you jump in the water.
1: If you jump in the water from the dock, then they have to stop?
0: Yep, because maritime law requires any ship within the area of somebody being in the water to stop and save them.
1: Have people done that before? Yeah. So you saw people just jumping from the dock well, on the no, ship? no,
0: I haven't, but there's a—I don't know if it's a video or something, but it's, there's a famously known one where this chick was watching her cruise ship, like, go away, and they weren't stopping, so she jumped off of the pier into the water, and they stopped, and they had to go
1: get her out of the water. Did she was she allowed back in the ship, or yeah. I'm assuming they would have just kicked her off. But like, no, you just no, yeah, no. They they can't. They they have to rescue that person. Well, I could see you rescuing them, but then I'd be like, all right, we're see it. Go get all your stuff, and we're tossing you off the ship.
0: Well, I think I th- I think that uh, I think that she was able to stay. But yeah, like they they won't. You you will be like stop, and they'll just
1: like, basically, see they'll
0: basically stand there and flip you off. But then, but as but while they're flipping you off, if you jump in the water, like, God damn it, and then just stop.
1: (laughs) That's one thing I tell my kids for, like, whenever we take a a trip to an away game, like, listen, our bus is leaving at 3.15. If you roll in at 3.15 and we are leaving, I will wave at you from the back of the bus, even if I don't care if you're in the parking lot, you need to be on the bus by the time we leave because once that bus door closes, we're not... And there's – sure enough, there's been a few times where we're leaving and then you'll get the girls, so, so-and-so's here, so-and-so's here. Sorry, so-and-so can uh, run extra laps of practice for missing this game.
0: Yeah. No, and then you add alcohol to that where people are, like, getting absolutely, like, obliterated. And then they're like, I hear a loud honking noise. Oh, oh that's my no. cruise ship. <laughs> and then you see some drunk children just running <laughs> meanwhile everybody else were all standing on the ship just watching
1: <laughs> now are you the type of person that like is like is rooting for the person but like hold on stop the ship stop the ship or you're just like no 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 go well, go leave them
0: yeah yeah I'm I'm that I'm that guy cuz like when this dude was getting kicked off I watched the whole thing happen from my area up in the top shelf. I was just standing there watching him, and then it looked like he was crying. So I said pretty loudly, oh, my gosh, I think he's crying. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) And, like, if he looked up at that point, he would have seen an entire row of people just watching him.
1: That's outstanding. He was
0: so drunk, he was pushing his bags almost off the pier to the point where the security had to create a wall between him and the pier because you couldn't walk a straight line.
1: Oh man. See at that point, don't they put you in the brig or whatever he for was like, like
0: three fifty. So he oh, must he tr- was a big boy.
1: Yeah, he must have drank a lot
0: for that to like
1: now was he three like was he my size three fifty or was he like say six four, six five? Like was he a uh, big three fifty? I was like
0: fourteen stories up. Oh, that's true. But his friends were also berating him with insults. Oh, the guy that got kicked off? Yeah, the two guys who got kicked off yeah. were like, You're such an idiot and meanwhile, like he's like super, super hammered and then he put his head down and that's when I screamed, Oh my gosh, I think he's crying.
1: Dude, that's uh Yeah, that would be me and that person would uh, get back from Mexico. We'd get back from Mexico and we wouldn't be uh, like, dude, listen, you better not talk to me like for a long time. And not only that, all this stuff, this extra money that I had to like pay to get back. Yeah, you're paying me back. Like, that's the only time I want to hear from you type (laughs) of deal. Yeah, no, man.
0: Freaking, freaking
1: crazy. So, yeah, yeah, no. All right, it's that point. Gosh, it's so hot in here. Speaking of hot, let's turn up the hot seat questions. I totally did not mean for that
0: to be a transition.
1: Listen, sometimes it just works out all natural.
0: It's the way
1: it's, 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 it's meant to be. All right, um, we're going to keep this vacation... We'll do vacation-themed questions here. Question number one... Favorite actually question number one. We're gonna go with we'll do like family vacations. I hate family vacations. First family vacation that you could remember going on, like like your earliest family vacation for me. Marineland. Marineland. Do you remember how old? Like about how old you were? Yeah, I was three. Three and on Marineland. Yep, and we went to go see the
0: big show and uh, Shamu whatever yeah no that's no, SeaWorld oh that's SeaWorld MarineLand was like some orca just doing stuff and uh um, Oh
1: is it MarineLand like Canada's version of SeaWorld? Yeah. Okay.
0: Everyone loves MarineLand um and I remember I'm sitting there with my mom and my dad this was you know towards the end of their marriage and um he got <laughs> he got nachos And he came back and he sat down and all the nachos spilled on him and it was hot cheese sauce. And my dad's just like, "Ah." Like, my dad said something aggravating. And that's (laughs) clearly the only thing that I remember of that entire trip was (laughs) sitting in the stands of like a sea attraction. And my dad getting super mad and yelling,
1: getting nachos spilled on him. Yep. I love it. Um, I don't know if this, this is the earliest that pops into my head. I think we were like eight or nine, and we went to uh, maybe seven or eight. We went to uh, the Thousand Islands. Where is that? It's. Is it Thousand Islands? Thousand Islands. I want to say it's somewhere like past, uh, past Youngstown. I could be totally wrong. I don't think it's all. That what do you know? You're eight. I don't know. I'll have to look it up eventually. Uh, thousand Islands, but I remember we went camping there, like, uh, everybody, like, um, parents, uh, obviously my parents, I mean, I was I was six or seven, I don't think I'm going camping by myself at that point, but, like, aunts, uncles, cousins, um, it was like one big, uh, one big um, family, no, the Spagnolos, my mom's oh, side, ooh. one big family uh, trip or whatever, my parents were long divorced by then. Um but it was just camping. It was a lot of fun. We'd have like uh, we would do family kickball games and um, I mean, it was a good time. But that would, I think was uh, one of my earliest that I could remember. It's a trip bad. to the Thousand Islands. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. So it was I enjoyed it. Um, and I'm not I'm not too big of a big family vacation. I hate family vacations. In fact, um, though, my wife now is because we had so much fun in Italy and my family's my mom's side of the family um you know from Italy. My mom was actually the first one in our in uh, our family born in the states. Her her my aunt and my uncle were born um in Italy. My mom was um my grandmother was pregnant with my mom when they came over. She was born here and then my um other aunt she was born in the states. So now my wife is uh in the midst of planning for this time next year. A family trip to Italy uh, where we're going to do southern Italy. Um, I've got mixed emotions about that. I think it's yeah. going to be... But at the same point, I mean, my mom's in her 60s. My aunts and uncles are in their 60s. I'm like... Your now mom's granted, in her 60s? My mom's in her 60s. How uh, old are you? I'm 41. Yeah, I know. My mom's 60... Sorry, mom. 64? How old's your dad? 60. Five. My dad's sixty-six. Really? I'm twenty-four. Yeah. Listen, at our age, it was it, you know parents and kids younger, especially uh, oh you my know immigrant gosh. kids. Gosh, that is oh, that is creepy. I know, but um yeah, so we're planning at this point a big trip to Southern Italy to Calabria, see the family out there, but um. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good time if everybody decides to go. It's still early stages. I can't go. Oh darn, darn. That's too bad. Darn. Huh. And uh, Thousand Islands is in, an archipelago in Ontario, Canada. So that's oh, so we both both were Canada. Both were Canada. All right. Um, do you have a vacation orientated question?
0: Um. Uh first time you were on a plane.
1: First time I was on a plane. <laughs> I had a job interview. Um I think I was in late late twenties, early thirties. I'd never really flown anywhere. I had a job interview for a school in Virginia. Um I remember thinking all right you go to the airport whatever you get on the thing we're for whatever reason the uh tarmac or whatever it is was I don't know if it was broken or if maybe just with this plane you had to go from the from the ground but we're getting on this plane I don't do you ever watch major league yeah you know the busted down run down indian plane yeah. that they had to get on because the lady was trying to save money or cut corners or make them whatever I swear to god It looked like that type of plane that I'm getting on, and this is my first trip ever, so I'm already nervous. I hate heights, never flown, and I'm walking onto this thing, and that movie popped into my head. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is the plane I'm going to die in!" Like, I'm like, "This there's no way this plane is going is going to make it from Buffalo, Um, or no, I flew from Buffalo to JFK, then JFK we had to get onto this plane." To get to, and I'm like, there's no way. I was like, I'm gonna die in this plane. In fact, I think I remember, like, on the plane, I'm like texting my mom. I'm like, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm in like a plane that's being held together by like tape and wire. I'm like, I'm gonna die. But did not die. Made it. But that was my first time like flying anywhere, and I was scared out of my mind. Interesting. Now I'm fine. I can never sleep on a flight. Like even our flight was eight hours to get to Italy. I think I slept maybe a half hour. Like I, I, I'm not one of those people where I can sleep on a plane. Yeah, I can't sleep on a bus either. But I'm, I just, I take it back. I can sleep a little bit on the bus, but I, I'm not on a plane. Let's so that was my that was my first first flight on a plane. I know it was late in life, but still. What about you? I was gonna say I think I was like seven when I went on a
0: plane, and I was like super excited, and I woke up like at the crack of dawn and it was like still dark out and i was like super excited and i was like "Oh, this is awesome!" my mom gave me candy and i had the window seat and i was looking out and we were flying to florida with people and then you know as i got older i was like oh i don't like planes and then i'm like oh i gotta wake up early and then you're just like oh it's gross in here and be like, ugh, like I just want to get out of here, like, ugh, like. And it, it went from super exciting to I hate flying. I hate
1: flying. So even now, you're not a, you're not a good flyer. Now, are you? Do you just hate doing it, or you're like, all right, I, like, do you have the shakes when oh, you're I'm up there? I'm not terrified. I just
0: think it's gross.
1: Oh yeah, I like even just being in a seat. I do not like it. Like I was sitting. am not terrified.
0: Yeah, I was like sitting there. On the plane with a mask on, and masks weren't mandatory. But I'm sitting there, and I hear just like, <clears throat> or like right behind me. I was like, that 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 is why I have a mask well, on. I
1: just got COVID. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> I was just like, you're gonna be up in the air for uh, about two hours, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good flight. So you're just like, oh great, I'm gonna be breathing in the same air of all of these people for two hours.
1: Well, here's, here's the type. And this is kind of off topic a little bit, but here's the idiot that I am. On, you know how on international flights, like our flight back home, we flew from Italy to Paris. We had a layover, and then we went from Paris to Toronto. So it's Air France. So they're, they'll say the announcements in French first, and then I know right after that announcement they're going to repeat it in English like they always do. Here's the idiot that I am they'll make an announcement my wife speaks french she she was born in montreal so she speaks french like every time they'll make the announcements i'll nudge her in the show vicky what did they say what are they saying and she'll repeat it and then after like 3 or 4 times she'll like they're gonna say it in english afterwards i'm like i know but what did they say what did they say i want to know like should i be nervous uh, <laughs> are we going to die are we going to are we going to die cuz it was i remember it was a point where we started you know how you usually get like a little turbulence We didn't get horrible turbulence, but it was like a pretty for probably a good ten minute stretch. It was like bumpy. He made like two announcements, and both times I'm like, I'm like, all right. He said like, should I expect the 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 things to fall down, the oxygen masks to fall down? Like, do I gotta like duck and cover? Like, what's he saying? What's he saying? Calm down, relax, shut up. I think at one point she just looked at me like, shut up, or I'm gonna smack you. We're all gonna die. Yeah, no.
0: I had to go. I had to fly on a plane the day after flight 3407. Oof. Yeah, that was terrifying. Yeah, I um that's that was the one time I was like actually terrified of flying. Oh, I'm sure
1: a lot of people were terrified. Thankfully again, I haven't really done all that much flying. I mean, since I've since I've been with my wife now, we've done uh quite a bit of traveling and made up for it, but yeah, I'm glad I was not really flying around that time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'd ever want to get back on a flight. Yeah, it was terrifying. But, um, all right, so that was question two. But question three, let's see. All right, uh, we talked about favorite um, family vacations, favorite, uh, I guess, if you want to say adult or favorite vacations you went on um, where it was just you or just you and a few friends or like non, non we'll call it non-family vacation. Probably this vacation I just went on, just the the cruise. Yeah, get seeing people get kicked off. Yeah, just to, it was it, a, it was a boys trip. All right, that for me too. It was I'd say probably, probably spring break my senior year of college. We did uh, we went down to f- uh, one of my buddies' parents had a condo in Fort Myers, so the cheapskate and me figured all right, free room so we and we did the whole thing where we did the road trip down there we drove I was pissed cuz I got a speeding ticket on the way down and of course got a speeding ticket on the way back pissed me off got no points on my license but whatever i had to pay i think it was i don't know 200 bucks 300 bucks in tickets um but uh it was just a ball we did a we did a quick uh gambling cruise or casino cruise while we were down there i think which was cool cuz i ended up winning back winning like I don't know, 3 400 bucks in uh roulette. So basically paid right. my par- paid my speeding speeding tickets. Um but it was just a lot of fun. I think there were there were 5 6 of us total that went down. We took two cars down. Um just a lot of fun. Right. Just a friend trip, a lot of a lot of good times, a lot of fun. The road trip was half the fun. Like the road trip was just that was that was a lot of the fun too. Oh yeah. 100%. And we did we did straight through. Like, it was just, we. the only right. time we really pulled over was for somebody to either go to the bathroom. Sometimes we didn't pull over for people to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Or just to switch drivers. Right. Or grab a quick bite to eat. And that's about it. Yep. That's so. how it is. All nice. right. Um, question four. Question four.
0: What's, uh, are you a big napper on vacations?
1: Uh, Like, during, like, when you're there, like, during the vacation? Yeah. It depends. Um, like when we did uh, earlier this year, we did a trip down to Jamaica uh, for a resort, which was all inclusive. I'd say I was napping, but not in the hotel room. Like we'd go out to the beach and I'd, you know, just kind of relax and chill and end up sleeping on the beach a little bit. Right. Or we had uh, our room, we had like a swim up pool. Like um I forgot what it was called, but a swim a pool or whatever. So we'd go right off our balcony and into a pool. And I'd, you know, go out there and just chill by the water or, you know, grab a um they had the the chairs that sunk right into the pool and you can kind of lay in there. I'd sleep in there, but never in the hotel room. So those type of trips, yes. This one, like the the type of trip that we went on to, absolutely not. Like we were, you know, On all the time. Like I said, the only time we really went back to our hotel if it was just we were drenched in sweat and we had to go back there because we didn't want to go, you know, we didn't want to be the smelly people at dinner wherever we went. Um, Because I look at it like, you know what, why am I paying all this money to fly to this place so that I could just stay in a hotel and watch TV or lounge in TV? I could do that at home. I, when I'm when I'm on these type of vacations, I want to see everything. I want to go everywhere. I want to I want to cram as much in as possible. That's fair. That's fair. How about you?
0: I love taking naps, bro. So, well, on a cruise, <laughs> I think it's different because you'd wake up in the morning, you'd leave you'd eat breakfast, and then you'd go off for a couple hours, do your thing, you'd come back to the ship, and at that point you take a nap because, you know, you have, like, a cruise is a big nightlife kind of thing, too. So you gotta take naps. I would take naps all the time. <laughs> and, like, when I would go camping, I'd constantly take naps.
1: Constantly take naps. Camping, though, I think is like a vacation that you can, it's kind of like an all inclusive vacation, too, where it's more of a relaxing yeah. vacation.
0: Oh, I'm gonna make breakfast. I made breakfast. Get more firewood. Right, I'm gonna go take a nap. <laughs> Wake up and like, I'm gonna make some lunch. All right, gotta go get more firewood. Take a dump in the woods. All right, gonna go take <laughs> another nap. <laughs> so, but yeah, for a cruise, definitely it's because like you wake up, you do stuff in the morning until you have to get back to the ship because the ship leaves at a certain point.
1: So now, when you're when you're on vacation though, are you one of those people who you're not gonna get up until like ten, eleven, twelve? Like you're pretty much gonna sleep the entire morning. Or are you one of those where you I get wake up, up early in the morning, so I nap in the early in the afternoon. Okay. Now, when you nap, what do you, you talk? So, like one o'clock, you're taking like a quick, maybe two three hour nap, and then just going back to it. Oh, maybe just maybe a half hour to forty five minutes. Okay, and that's and that's what we did too at the hotel too yeah. for this trip. I could see that, but you're not sitting there like in your hotel room for three, four, five hours. No. Okay. All right, no, 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 no. See, yeah, that's so. We're on the same page with that. I respect that. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you just need to re- recharge a bit. Yeah, sometimes you just, you know, you need that quick twenty minutes yeah. to just kind of chill out. Yeah. All right. Um, are we question four or question five? Five. All right, question five. So we talked about good vacations. We talked about family vacations. Vacation, whether it's whether it was a family vacation or a grown-up vacation an adult vacation where things just like this was the, this was the national lampoon's vacation. This was just a vacation where if anything could go wrong, if it was just, it was all like when it rains, it pours. It was just all gone. Like, like man, I just wasted X amount of dollars because this vacation was, but like, this was dumb. This was, why did we go here? Um, I
0: I don't think it was that – I've never had something that bad. But to an extent, this past vacation, again, just on our way down. So, like, we flew out of Buffalo and then, you know, went to Boston and then from Boston down to Fort Lauderdale. Well, once we landed at Fort Lauderdale, there was a storm. So we didn't get our bags. Like, the bags didn't get unloaded off the plane – for two and a half hours, so I sat there Ooh. at the luggage claim terminal for two and a half hours. Got my luggage finally. Then we get an Uber, and we're waiting at the designated pickup area. And our Uber starts like contacting us, saying we can't pick you. I can't pick you up if you can't communicate with us. And we're like, we in the this this. Dumbass was going around the arrival area instead of the departure. (laughs) 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 So then he finally picks us up, and then we get to the hotel room, and the hotel was like a brand-new hotel, but like we couldn't figure out how to log into anything. So then we finally get there, and then we go out, and we come back, and an individual I went with decided to yak twice. And all over the place... Maybe he had a few too many drinks while waiting, and then the their sink got clogged. Oh no apparently and I put, this was on the cruise ship this was at the hotel no, before this the was the whole, started oh jeez, so then you know we get to the cruise ship, and we're waiting in line to get our key stuff, like okay, well, we finally got our key cards. And our key cards were not like weren't working, so we couldn't do our like, like we couldn't check in for our I don't know disaster protocol training thing. So that was that was fantastic. Um, but after that, it was all good. But like just that that full first day just ended up sucking so hard. Except I wasn't one to throw up. I just put my hand in the sink full of vomit, apparently, uh, to try to declog it.
1: Oh, uh, you! Oh, uh, no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no! Yeah, uh, no. yeah. uh. Uh-uh. I was almost elbow deep. No, no, <laughs> I almost want to throw up about that now. No, oh. no, I'm one of those people. I, I I've got a pretty. Like I, I wouldn't say I've got a weak stomach, but I've got a pretty solid stomach. But that's one thing. If I smell it, if I see somebody do it, I've got to go like 30 <laughs> feet away or I'm going to uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah. Nope. Even I, and this, this makes me sound like such a bad teacher, but even in class, like I've had kids where in gym class, sometimes you have kids that throw up, whether it's after yeah. lunch, sick, whatever. Well, they'll throw up. I'll just instantly turn like I'll go to the nurse, go to the nurse. <laughs> But Mr. Go to the nurse. <laughs> go and I, and then my next phone is, I just go right to the right to the phone and I'll call the maintenance guy or Let's call see, the uh, the the engineers. Like um, Some, you guys are gonna uh, need to bring sawdust and like nope, like come get it now. And I'll I don't care if where I'm once I'll take my class to the other side of the gym. Even there's been times even if somebody else has got a class over there, I'll take like nope, we're coming over here to like 10, yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, no, I,
0: no, I I uh-uh. I I showed up in their room, and they're like, so and so threw up, and I said, what? And then the 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 sink was clogged, and I was like, oh well, the sink is clogged, and like, without skipping a beat, just whoosh, put my hand in there, and everybody in the group was like, did you, is your hand in the sink right now? And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to declog it. They're like, dude, that's so gross. I didn't. It didn't even click in my head that I I was.
1: I don't care if I was like, if I had gloves. I don't care if my whole body was covered in like gloves and like suit and. I barehanded that. Oh, no. 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 (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah no
0: feeling around for stuff no <laughs> no nope. i can imagine larry if we if he was there i'd go in and you're just like no i'd be like no nope. i'd be like i need another room
1: somebody give me another room i can't even stay here it was all over the place no yeah. no even the rest of the day i'd be like dude you need to go shower like five times like i i can't even shake your hand like no no uh- no that's that's one thing that just uh-uh, oh my gosh, it was everybody was so grossed out by it, yeah, well, gee, you think
0: <laughs> it didn't click in my head that it was gross,
1: no, um for me i I don't know if I've ever had a bad vacation i've had um I've had days on vacations that have just gone like all right we this this day was a waste, like um but sometimes those are the most fun I, and again, this wasn't I don't know if this one's popping into my head. My uncle would take us when we were younger, um, and I only went on two or three trips, but every year they would go on a trip to Algonquin. Oh, um, yeah. ca- uh we'd do- can- uh, canoes, we'd go from portage to portage, a little place. Um, but the one the one year I went I think I was 13, 14, um, it literally for two we went for a five day trip for the f- first two days. The second we got there, the second we got to uh, we got out of our uh, out of the van, we unloaded everything and we were on the water to our first campsite literally started downpouring. Like and I mean, I mean, downpouring and it didn't let up for like two days straight. Like we're we're to the point where um, the first lake that we did, I think it was Smoke Lake, where it was a significant uh, uh, paddle to our next, uh, distance to our next, our campsite, we're literally having to like dump water or like, you know, our, our canoes are like getting filled yeah. with water. So we're literally bailing out a little bit and we got there and every, you know, every, uh, my uncle's like, Oh, this is going to pass over. This is going to pass over. We're looking like, shut up. I mean, we're putting like, we're absolutely miserable. We're putting our tents in the ground, caught, like, Everything's soaked. Sleeping bags are soaked. Everything's just drenched. You're trying to get it to sleep at night. It's one of those nights too where it's still just humid and you're drenched and you're like in a wet sleeping bag, a wet tent. You hear the noise. It was just the next morning. It's still raining. Everybody's just grouchy. But again, you ultimately at some point in the trip, you just start laughing at it. You just start whatever, having fun with it. It, like I said, it cleared up after a day and a half, two days. The rest of the trip was fine. you know you you get everything out in the sunset, you dry everything off. You're good to go, but those especially the first day, it was kind of like, all right, yeah, this is just like, like right. I just want to go home. Can we just turn around and go back but uh um no that was that was where I guess it just
0: <laughs> yeah
1: went off the rails, but again, came back off the rails quick, too. And I remember that was the same trip that uh, – I think it was the one of the nights, maybe the first night where it got – we were all kind of still delirious because nobody had slept. I don't know whose bright idea it was. Maybe it was my uncle's, whatever. We decided to um, – there was an argument on if you could light your flatulence uh, on fire. Like if you could, you know – Right. With, so we pursued for the next like 30, 40 minutes – it was a bunch of guys. It was a guy's trip. Um, my younger brother Joey was on there. Um, we're all the anytime anybody had to pass gas, it's like somebody grab a lighter. And I remember there were literally times like where I'm on my back, hold on, I got one, and nobody ripped one like that did it on fire or whatever. Nobody nobody went bare anything, but so we I think and this was these were grown men too. Yeah. Like my uncle was there, three or four of his buddies were there with their kids. There was probably like ten of us. So it proceeded to, yeah, oh. where we're all around the campfire trying to light farts on fire. Oh, we
0: did, I did a guy's trip like that with my dad and my uncle and cousins. We went camping, like backwoods camping in the, in the Adirondacks, and we all went fishing. And my uncle and my cousin went fishing on the other side of the lake. My other cousin was sleeping, and me and my dad went pretty close to camp, but we went fishing too. And I have a thing that I don't like touching fish. Like, I don't like touching it. I think that's gross. So, my dad is trying to unhook the fish, and the fish ends up hooking him through the webbing of his... Through it. Like, so here's the hook. It's fully through. Oh, yeah. And then the fish slides down (laughs) the the line, and it's still flopping around. Jesus. So, my dad, like, the... Like the bad A as, as he is, clutched the fish with his knees, ripped the hook out of his hand. Ripped the webbing out? Like, would it- Yeah, like, ripped the full thing oh. out. <laughs> picked up the fish, swore at it a couple times, chucked it into the water. Fish slowly rose up. That? My dad puts his hand in the lake- To clean it, clean it, rushes it around. We go back, and my cousins come back, and my uncle, and he was just like, "We heard some screaming earlier." Well, lo and behold, it was my dad, and he was like, "Yeah, I got hooked," and like, but just the 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 scaredness of me not knowing what to do. And the complete awe of watching my dad rip a fish hook out of his hand just n- not just like let me let me just go around, no, just pulled it, and just like everything came out with it <laughs> Ugh. oh yeah, that was that was talking about the guy's trip that's something that we did stupid. my dad borderline probably could have like gotten
1: one into septic shock. oh, for sure. I ripped my head and
0: headphones out. It's okay.
1: Eh, it's all good. All right. On on that note <laughs> on, on that note, I think that's a good spot to uh the, the cut open webbing on the hands, that's a good spot to end it. Uh this is a nice I, I like this episode. A nice little vacation episode here uh during the off season. Um we are, remember, we've got the match coming up on July 30th. We're going to get, at this point, we're going to get all our competitors in. We're looking at um, the 26th episode, uh, July 26th. We're going to get them in for their media day performance. So hopefully we'll get all the four of those guys, uh, Robbie and- uh, Ronnie Anderson, um, Mark Santangelo, Rob Udy, and... Chris Matice will get those guys in here to do their press conference uh, media day. The match is going to be played July 30th at Greedy Acres out in Wilson, New York. We'll ha- we'll talk more about that next week and other fun stuff. Um, Matt, Thanks for sharing those stories, except the uh, pew one. On one. Yeah, the last one, and the yeah, we could have gone without the uh, the webbing. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. What about the what about the, the clogged sink? Yeah, listen, I'd rather hear the webbing one. All right, but um, as always, was Matt Keo, myself, Coach Larry. For both of us, we want to thank you guys for tuning in, and tune in next week for another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. <laughs>